Soak it up. It's your last chance for a hug for a few days. TGIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy start to your weekend. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour, and we're so glad that you joined us. We're also very happy to be working once again with bad boy Benny Mathers at the board. He sounds fit. He sounds healthy. He's ready to roll. Just like Hulk Hogan would do, oh yeah, brother and sister, oh my little hookamaniacs, I'm ready for today. It's oh, yeah. a great impression, I love that. Oh, we are here to talk. We have two guests on today. In the first half hour, we have the wonderful Dee Wallace back with us. Woo! Suzanne's the, the keeper yeah! of the archives, <laughs> and she was reminding me of how many times Dee has joined us. It's always a pleasure to talk to her, and we'll have another guest who will take up the second half hour of our show. It's about life during a pandemic. How do you stay alive and then thrive? Absolutely. Well, this is Dee Wallace's eighth appearance with us. The first time was in 2010. So we feel like we are, she's a cousin, you know, like extended family. She's way out there on the left coast. We're here in Florida <laughs> and we are triangulating with the station in Seattle. We are very happy to have her on. And why don't you do the mad props and let's get going. I love it. Dee Wallace, also known as Dee Wallace Stone, is an American actress, author, and spiritual teacher. She is best known for her unforgettable role as Mary, the mother, in the 1982 blockbuster film E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Dee's important message to the world is, love yourself beyond anyone or anything else. Love yourself so much that you can't do anything that doesn't make you love yourself more. Dee began her channeled healing work over 20 years ago when she dropped to her knees after her husband's sudden death and asked for a way we could heal ourselves. Seconds later, she received her first message. Use the light within you to heal yourself. She has passionately been teaching the art of self-creation ever since. For the eighth time, it is our joy to welcome to the show Dee Wallace. How are you doing, my dear? Oh, I'm doing so awesome because I'm here with you guys. Yeah, This is wonderful <laughs> stuff. Let me get to this question. I know it sounds quirky, but it, all of America, if not the world, wants to know, Dee, because, I went, for example, I went to the dentist yesterday. I had a crown fall off. They had to glue it back on. They got the Gorilla Glue on it and everything, and it worked out just fine. And while I was there in the chair, the dentist and his assistants were remarking on how every one of them has managed to gain some unwanted weight during their holing up in the middle of this pandemic. They tried hard, they wanted to exercise, they wanted to cut back on the calories, but were unsuccessful. And I have to admit, it's pretty much true of me as well. So D, the big question for you is, the world wants to know, can you still get into that kitty cat costume from E.T.? I'm proud to say that I can. Yay! <laughs> I have, I oh, have a that few works. more curves. That's a round of applause right there. Impressive, <laughs> to say that. Impressive. But, you know, um, the curves actually make it look better. So um, I'm okay with that. And I I have to say, you know, I'm, 
I know that we we eat as comfort food, right? Yes, right. We eat as comfort food to to fill ourselves up to help our anxiety and all that. But ultimately, you guys, you're going to want to feel good about yourself to get through this. So, you know, have the ice cream, but go for the power walk. (laughs) That's all I can say. Oh, I like that. And we do some of that. That's a nice balance. Haven't had the ice cream, but we've been we've been walking around yeah. the block. We need to do it a bit more consistently, but we have been making the attempt. And I just feel better when we do that because, as I've been telling people, Dee, we're holed up in here like the Dalton gang. Yeah. It's really important um, to keep some kind of exercise, get out safely wherever you can with your mask. Um because, um, you know, it's not just a physical thing, a physical health thing we have to address. We have to watch our mental health, too. And this can weigh on you. It can start, you know, getting you down. So my advice to everybody is to get up as soon as you wake up and say, this is a good day. What do I want to create today? What what do I get to do today that I can do here? And um, and start exploring some of those creative things or even how, let me tell you, my, my closets have never been more pristine. <laughs> <laughs> I've been through every closet in this, in this uh, house. I've cleaned all my offices out. I'm telling you, I've, It's, um, uh, you know, if you look around, you'll see things that you've been putting on hold for probably five or ten years that you can get to now. Well, you know what? That is something. Let me just ask you, and we have some some weighty stuff to get to, including a couple of key words that you use nowadays in your communications, Dee. But I'll just ask because people feel like they have a friend in you, and certainly on Manson Mitchell's show, you have many, many friends. Do you have a thing? Do you have that little thing, that that uh, that predilection towards something? And I'm thinking of like the Imelda Marco shoe collection. Are you a shoe lady? Are there dresses that you couldn't bear? Even if you haven't worn them for 10 years, you can't get rid of them? A collector? Is that what you're oh, I'm, in, in, yeah. I'm a, from the time I was a little girl, my mother would say, my cousins would come over and they would give them toys and they would give me a shoe. <laughs> really? Oh, I always God. wanted to play with the shoes. I'm I I dear God, I have so many shoes, it's embarrassing. Um so I I've curtailed it a little bit, but yeah, I'm a shoeaholic. I am well, it's interesting that Gary picked shoes out of all the though? things in the whole it's world. A little intuition that, going Gary. on there. You I'll tell you, I'm that. Gonna... you know that, right? That is something I'm going to have to work on. Yes, I, I just had this image of you uh, not exactly rummaging. You're more elegant than that, Dee. But all, going through your closet and having to make decisions, yes to this, no to that, and finding more reasons to keep things that are precious to you, maybe many times for sentimental reasons, and thereby cleaning up your closet but not wanting to rid yourself of that which gives you joy. Well, that's the balance, isn't it? That's what we're all striving for everywhere in our lives get rid of the junk and keep what makes you feel good Boy, and that is what that's one an of the amazing lesson in the, that little two minutes there 
<laughs> oh, there, you, go. You, you brought that out. Um, you know, the same thing has been going on here, too, as I'm hearing you talking. I'm nodding my head in affirmation because I did a deep spring cleaning here one room at a time and have been throwing things away. And it is a good time to stay focused on something positive because it's very easy if you're just going to watch TV to go way to the negative. And so at the end of this half hour, we're going to tell people about a webinar that you have coming up. But we also wanted to take this time because even though you are a world-renowned actress, Gary and I kind of know you as an energy worker. That's where we got started with you 10 years ago, the first time we talked to you in 2010, is that you're all about the energy. And having discovered that, you like to share that with people. So I wanted you to say a little bit about health today. About health. Okay, so health, first of all, I want everybody to realize is mental, physical, spiritual, chemical, cosmic, emotional, or dimensional. So usually when we say health, we just go to the physical part of it. Any kind of health is created in your energy first, in your belief systems, in your fears, in your perspectives of yourself and the world. And if you have uh, energy conflicting with energy within you, ultimately, sooner or later, it will expressed to you in physical form somehow. Um, So the best way to address health in all areas is to go back to love. Um, According to my channel, love is the most powerful force on earth. It will heal and create anything for us. Um, We've known this and we've heard this well, from even before Christ's time, um, God is love, for example. We've heard it from Buddha. We've heard it from Krishna. The, the, the seed of all creation is love. So if you are still choosing to, for example, not forgive someone, you have to understand that that is kind of a sin against your own energy because we don't forgive for other people we forgive so that our energy and our creation is free if we live in unforgiveness they still own us because that's where our focus is going so uh, anything that you can create that is lighter and more positive and more loving and more joyful in your life. And you absolutely do have control over all of that. That creates um, greater health in you in every area of your life. I wanted to read from a recent communication within the past couple of days, I believe, D, and I just think that this text is great material for anyone to ponder, and it's stated succinctly, and I think that makes it even more powerful. So allow me. Health is love. Health is balance. Health is alignment. 
Health applies to every subject under each of the following states, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, chemical, cosmic, and dimensional. This is how we create wellness throughout our lives. This is how we create the state of health in our reality. And here are a couple of really important sentences in addition. The biggest deterrent to health is doubt, not germs, not even the immune system, doubt. Because when we doubt, we fear, which crashes our immune system and opens us up to the vulnerabilities in all areas mentioned above. This is a holistic problem, this pandemic, and I see it, quite frankly, D, for all of us, no matter what our age, this is unique in our lifetimes and something that we're never going to forget because it poses such a frontal challenge to who we are in a holistic way. Right. And you see that it, there, there are beautiful, creative things uh, coming out of this pandemic. Uh, and, and it's change that needed to happen. Um, again, it's always an enigma to me why we have to have a pandemic before we come out on our balconies and play music together or why we have to create a pandemic before we do parades honoring our healthcare workers. You know, this is these are things that should be daily occurrences of giving and loving that we want to choose to enter into, right? Um, what you read, I'm, I started sending out daily uh, inspirational emails to help all my um clients and followers get through this challenging time, and that was one of them. And um, I was actually quite surprised because I go into the channel when I read these, when I write these things. And when we got to the sense of, of, about doubt, I had to stop for a minute. I went, oh, my God, I never looked at it that way, you know, but it's it's true when you when you really hold firm in your knowing that you're the power and the creation of your own life, that you get to choose your thought and choose your feelings and choose your perspectives, they're not things that just happen to us, then we can really um, move into that full expression of love because the doubt and the fear have been eliminated or alleviated from us knowing that we have power over our own lives. So, sure, there's a pandemic. I still have a power over how I relate to that. I have choice over how I control that, how I find positives as opposed to negatives in my life, right? And therein lies the difference between whether your consciousness is going to grow through all this or whether you are going to use it to continually increase your old negative, fearful belief systems. Oh, I love that. I love that. Grow, either growing through it or, or staying with what you have always thought and boy, is that going to get uncomfortable to just keep thinking the way you've always thought because, uh, I mean, this is just, it is so, uh, it's so dire. 
I mean, you, you just can't be fooling with something that is as serious as a pandemic and to ignore it or think, I'm, I just want to do what I've always done. We can't go back to December 2019 or last year. And you, you actually better change in 2020 with the way our lives are going to be because I don't think they're ever going to go back to the way they were. Well, hopefully they'll they'll go forward into something even better. Yes, and that, I certainly that so. I think is yeah. what we have to choose um, and powerfully create and stay in our knowing that I am always creating a better day, a, a fuller life, um, uh, a life more focused on love and abundance and health. And that's where I'm going to hold my focus. You know, a lot of what I teach is based spiritually, but it's also backed up by brain science, everything. For example, um, science says whatever you focus on, you create more in your life. They've proven that. Because that's where you send your energy to. Energy has to have a direction and so your energy can be directed either positively or negatively. And again, it's not something that just happens. You have power over choosing what you want to think. If that thought doesn't line up with what you want your life to look like, pick something else to think. <laughs> and it's, it's so incredibly empowering. Um, you know, I want to share with you, the channel said that the, the core belief creating this virus is I have no control. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's what allowed the, the energy of the collective consciousness feeling like they had no control over their lives was the core that allowed this virus to be born and flourish. Now, what's interesting is that that's the experience that the virus is putting us in and raising up for us to look at even more is I have no control. So if you feel like you have no control over your life, you are not learning why you came here in embodiment. You came here to know and understand and practice working with energy, directing energy, knowing that you are the power that has to direct energy on this plane. Nobody can think a thought for us, feel a feeling for us, or hold a perspective for us. Therefore, we are the creators of us. We are the gods of us. And we have to take responsibility for our own creation. Beautifully said. Thank you. Here's some more beautiful stuff from Dee Wallace as she channels it. The key word here is mercy. Now, here's where we talk about the social dimension of this pandemic. Mercy. I prefer to think of mercy as compassion. It is when we choose to understand the plight, story, limitations of another and allow that understanding to create empathy and patience in their journey. I may very well not agree with them and I can allow them their perspective and voice because I understand what is driving them. 
I also am so locked in my knowing that I can allow opinions that are opposite of mine to be present because I have mercy on myself. I have compassion for myself because I understand to judge, mock, or belittle is not holding mercy for my own evolution. That's it, this right. Inter this interchangeability, us and the world that we affect and are affected by, is with us as, as rather a permanent curriculum, it seems to me, Dee. Well, there's so much judgment going on and so much diversity, and it's almost like the Old West, you know, us against them, the, the cowboys and the Indians. Right, that's, right. Uh, that's very much a part of the human condition. It's, it's an imprint in our DNA. And again, uh, your DNA, and they've proven this scientifically, can be altered, guys. Um, the, it, your DNA can be altered with mindful intention. They're doing all kinds of experiments with that right now, that literally um, being mindful and being conscious of your thoughts and your choices um, literally change your brain matter. And that's actually kind of what I teach, but I teach it through a really simple um, spiritual perspective of love. But if we're gonna, if if, if we're not gonna go into reaction all the time, and just know that if you're in reaction, you're out of your own creation. Okay, because when you're in reaction, you're not choosing what you want. Um, a negative reaction crashes your immune system, <clears throat> will absolutely send money and success away from you. Um, and ultimately affect your life in a more um, negative way. So it's, it's very possible to be spiritual and powerful. That's what we're here to do. And if, we, if, if the people who are focused on the spiritual, the love, the joy, the um, acceptance, the community, if, if we don't rise up in our power, the people who don't care about any of that stuff absolutely will. And you're seeing that played out in a very grand way on the stage of the world right now. And again, unfortunately, you see, it's the spiritual people that have been taught, because we spring from religion, we've been taught that uh, we are not even worthy to sit at the feet of Christ, for example. But that's not what God said. God said, these miracles and more will you do also. Go do them. That's right. That's wonderful. You know, the but then man came in and said, well, we can't let them know how powerful they are because then we won't have any power, the kings and the popes and, you know, back in the old days. And, and that kind of power is not relinquished easily or gladly. That's for darn sure. Dee, we want to give you a couple of minutes here to talk about something very important coming up. You have a webinar coming up on May 27 at 6 o'clock Pacific time. And I wanted you to close out the hour talking a little bit about your webinar. Oh, how kind of you guys. 
Um, yes, it's a webinar. Um, I have um, a quite renowned psychologist, Dr. Shannon Wilson, is going to join me um, to deal with the mental and emotional um, challenges that are going on right now. Of course, I will be there channeling for everyone um, energetically what is behind the creation of whatever they're going to be talking about. But she is an expert in anxiety and depression and handling your emotions. So it's not just about COVID. It's for anybody that needs real tools, um, in-the-minute tools, to be able to handle any kind of depression, anxiety, worry, um, negative focus, any of that. So I'm really, uh, she's been with me once before, and it was quite an amazing webinar. And, you know, guys, there's a lot of free stuff on my website, IamDWallace.com. A lot of free stuff to help you get started empowering yourself. Um, my private sessions, I'm there, I discounted them considerably to help everybody through this time. There's, we extended that out. I'm just trying to help everybody get through this and empower themselves as much as, as possible. But there's so much on my website that you can look at and get started even for free. And the website is IamDWallace.com. I just wanted to make sure we got that out again. And the webinar, once again, the title, Mental and Emotional Fallout from COVID, How to Hold Your Balance and Stay Sane. IamDWallace.com is where you can sign up. It's happening May 27, 6 p.m. Pacific time. D, I'm so thrilled. The time flew by. Please join us again soon. Maybe when we're pretty much, when it's flattening out and we're over the hill of this pandemic to look back and see what it, what it has taught us and done to us as a society and as individuals, we'd love to have you for the whole hour. Oh, I'm there, guys. I'm there. And just everybody, just go back to love. Go back to love. You can't feel the fear if you're feeling love. It's not possible. Thank you, Dee Wallace. Stay with us through this brief break. Thank you for listening to Manson Mitchell on Alternative Talk AM 1150. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to mansonmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mance and Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at 
terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back Daniel Levin, author of The Mosaic, to talk about archetypes in the time of pandemic. On Saturday, Kelly Sullivan Walden, the dream doctor, returns with how dreams can direct us toward our best life and keep us safe. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our second half hour with our guest, Daniel Bruce Levin. There is quite a lot to say about uh, Daniel Bruce Levin. However, I'm going to keep it brief because we just have a half hour with him. Daniel Levin lost his parents as a boy two years apart on the same day and only realized that while writing the mosaic that he has spent his whole life searching for the place the adults called heaven. He has traveled to many different countries and dined with the richest of the rich and sat on the street corners with the poorest of the poor. All the while, he has observed that no matter what country people come from or where they are economically, no matter what color their skin or what religion they practice, we are all the same. We all want to be loved and accepted, listened to and understood, acknowledged and validated. This is the third time that we have had him on. We are very excited to talk to Daniel Levin. And glad you're with us today, Daniel. Suzanne and Gary, what a pleasure and honor to be back with you. I love being on your show, and thank you for having me. We had a very particular thing that we wanted to talk to you about today, because today, of course, we are kind of focused a little bit on the pandemic and how people can uh, look at it differently, see it differently, transcend the um, you know, what is going on here to the best of their abilities. The mosaic, as we have talked about in the previous two times that we had you on, is an allegory in the tradition of something like a little prince or George L. Orwell's Animal Farm or even the movie Life of Pi. It is a wonderful, wonderful story, and the lessons in it are superb. There, you talk a lot about archetypes, and I said we were going to challenge you today to talk about archetypes of the pandemic, Daniel. And Go Gary and I Go. sat down and, and thought of four of them. And I said, we'll, we'll take them in, in this order. So this is our first archetype. This is going to have you write a whole other book near about the pandemic. The first responders, uh-huh. people who run toward the problem. What do you think about that? So if you look at who the responders are, what a brilliant, and, and, and I don't, nobody needs me to talk about how heroic they are. But the interesting thing is that many of the people that are our heroes today are people we would walk past without even acknowledging six months ago. People that are stocking food in grocery stores, people that are showing up in EMT situations to bring people to, to help people, people that are out on the streets risking their lives to save our lives. But I would like to expand the archetype of the first responders, not only to be the medical people that are risking their lives, 
but the mailman that's risking his life, the grocery store people that are risking their lives, the, the people that are working in food banks that are risking their lives to get people food, the truck drivers that are delivering food from, one, from farms to stores, the people that are doing all the things that most people would not even give credit to do, they are now our new heroes. They are now the people that are keeping us alive. They are risking their life so that we can have a good life. So the question I would ask people is, how could the archetype of the first responder, how could the archetype of the people that are serving others, even at the cost of serving themselves, speak to them? What would you hear if you were listening to what they would say? How much are you showing up in the world for other people? How much are there's you the challenge and coming out of your, what's that? I would say there's the challenge coming out of your cocoon, I think you were starting to say. Yeah, how much are you going to come out of your comfort zone? Ah, okay. In, in normal day-to-day life, like what, what would happen after COVID-19? Can you come out of your comfort zone and take a risk so that other people can benefit from the life and the interaction that you're willing to have? I so love that. that comes in mind. Do I have time to tell a story? Sure, sure. please do. Mm-hmm. So one of the people that, that has no idea he's impacted me so much was a homeless man that I sat with by the name of Corey. I sat with Corey and, I, and we had a fabulous conversation. And I said, Corey, you see people pass you on the streets all the time. What is one story that you would tell or one thing that you would invite people to do that would change the world for the better? And he said, if people would only take 10 minutes out of their day, 10 minutes, and ask, go up to somebody they don't know, just one time in their life, and ask them how they're doing, and then spend 10 minutes and just listen to them, what would that do? And I said, Corey, why out of all the things that I asked you, would that be the thing that you chose? And he said, Danny, you don't know this about me. But about a month and a half ago, before we sat, before we're talking now, I was sitting on the street corner and people would walk by and they would spit on me and they would kick me and they would punch me and they would call me names and tell me I was no good and tell me I was a piece of trash and wor- they treated me worse than they would treat a wounded animal. And I thought to myself, what purpose am I serving in the world? I, when, the, when it gets dark tonight, I'm going to go around the corner and I'm going to just take my life. I'm not, this isn't a life that's worth living at all. It's bad enough that I feel this way, but um, it seems like I'm pissing people off. And not two minutes after I had that thought, a man came and put his hand on my shoulder. And he said, brother, how are you? And tears started to come down from my eyes, Corey told me. And he said, I'm really not doing so well. And he said, and he sat down next to me and just listened. He said, tell me. And Corey said to me, Danny, you know, it only took about 10 minutes. But when he left, I could no longer think to take my life because someone spent 10 minutes with me and cared enough about me to see how I was doing and listen to my response. That man has no idea that he saved Corey's life. And Corey has no idea 
that on every show that I go on, on every podcast that I go on, on every time, on every talk that I give, tell Corey's story. That's and we have wonderful. no idea yeah. the effect of what would happen if we would be a first responder in the lives of the people that we don't even know in regular day-to-day world. In the regular world, yes. I, I, well, I like the way you look at things, Daniel. Well, I do too. And Daniel, you put me in mind of something in a context I had not considered before just now. And that is the archetype of the first responder is tapping into a reservoir of humanity, of human nature in its brightest aspects, in its most generous and it's most giving and it's you could even say in its holiest we could get theological about it i go back in my mind daniel to the firemen the first responders maybe policemen as well but certainly the firemen who rushed into the twin towers after the plane struck on 9-11 everybody was running away they ran toward, toward. the scene yeah. of this horror this atrocity and they were risking their lives I want to say they almost set that question aside and followed their training, knowing at that moment what their duty was to humanity. For that to happen, this is, and this is a saying that comes from the Jewish tradition, of which I am aware, and that is, they gained eternity in an instant. Yes. And, and, and I love that, but, but so often there's so many of us that would be too scared to do that. And, and that's okay. Like, it's okay if you're too scared to do that. You don't have to risk your life to save humanity. But what are you willing to risk to make somebody's day better? What are you willing to give of yourself to allow people to move forward? What, what are, you, are you willing to give up one carton of your toilet paper that's in six cartons in your cart? So that someone who doesn't have it can have it, or are you going to stand and fight with people on the, on the in the aisles to keep it? There's yes. just little acts of kindness that we could do. That would how, be how would we first respond? How would we be the first one to say something to someone to uplift their day? How would be the how would we be the first one to make up with somebody in an ar- argument? How would we be the first responder rather than waiting for the world to come to us? I love that. One of the great lessons of having Daniel on the show with us today is learning that to the enlightened soul, there is always a square to spare. Ah, Now, I'm going to give you our our next archetype. And this is another obvious one. And the second one that we thought of was healers. Healers as an archetype. What, What are you as... How do you act as a healer in your life? So here is the thing that I would like, that I see so much in the world around me, that we are such incredible givers, so many of us. Like one of the things that happens in COVID-19 is we suddenly start to see the goodness of people rather than, the, than focus on all the badness. And, and you see the longer COVID-19 happens, the longer we start to fall back into our normal traits. Like when it first happened, everybody was available to help everybody. Now all of a sudden we're starting to call people names again and do sort of things. So really for healers who are people that give, even for first responders who are people that give, 
What I would invite people to do is how do they allow themselves to be given to as well? How do they allow the healing that comes through them to heal them too? How do we allow those that we think we have to heal to heal us in the process of our healing them? It's interesting about it. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say it's interesting that you say that because I I had a spiritual healing from a, a very metaphysically ad, advanced healer and she was very excited about the healing that she gave me because of how successful the healing was and that she got to be a part of it and I think that's what you're talking about with the nurses and doctors Yes. You know, when, when we give, the fact that someone is able to receive makes our giving complete. But if we only give and we don't receive, then there's, then it, there's something incomplete in our giving. And so all too often, Socrates said it, I think, healer, heal thyself, right? I would invite the people that are healers, myself included, to take time and be healed and allow the process of the healing in, in, in some philosophy. I can't remember it right off the tip of my tongue right now. It says the channel is blessed by what flows through it. And so imagine being that channel, that blessing that is flowing through you and, be, and blessing you at the time that it's coming through you as well. All too often we think that something is coming through us to heal another person, but that something is coming through us to heal us in the process of healing that other person. And if we don't receive, like I, I think we live, the archetype of the healer to me right in this moment is I think we live in a world where we give and we give and we give, but we have a little bit of a problem receiving. And receiving is different than taking. There are a lot of people that take, but that isn't receiving. Receiving is this beautiful sense of knowing that on your inhalation, you're receiving the world into you, and on your exhalation, you're giving back to it. And how would every action we do be that type of interaction, where we receive from those that we're with and we give back to those that we're with, making it not a vertical reality where we are fixing somebody or changing somebody, but a horizontal reality where simply by coming together, we become better just by the fact that we're together with each other. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense to me. And as I listen to you, Daniel, I think there is an implicit challenge. Again, with the challenges, we're getting them left and right. Pandemics will tend to do that to you, it turns out. But here's a challenge, and that is to live from our best selves as rationally and using our powers of critical thought as best we can through this pandemic and then when it's over, not figuring that our work is done. When I say all this, Daniel, what I'm referring to is the kind of thing you probably notice. Now, I believe you live in Southern California. Am I correct? Yes, that's right. Okay. When you look out, I mean, you talk about being the, the man with the window on a world in this regard. You look out and you don't see smog 
you see that lovely azure sky, you see the LA horizon, you can see the lovely beaches, the environment around you is relatively pristine compared to what Southern California is, including myself as an ex-resident of that region, we're used to seeing when we looked up. No more smog alley. And so when you see that, or if you go halfway around the world, Suzanne likes to tell this story about Venice, when you go and see the waters of Venice, they're now clear. They, they were they were so muddy you couldn't see the water. Now and the clear. dolphins are returning. Right. And sea life shows up within the streets, the watery streets of Venice that people hadn't seen for years and years. So to me, the implicit challenge, Daniel, is that when all this has flattened out and we return to whatever looks like normalcy at the time, what kind of stewards are we going to be with the planet and the environment and the life force that has been bestowed upon us such that we begin to live on a higher plane of existence than we managed before this pandemic forced us to take a look at ourselves. So I, I love that, Gary, and, and, I'm, and I fear all too much that we will return back to some of those ways that we have been. But I know, for instance, Germany, the country, has 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 invited the, the residents of Germany to come up with a green solution so that when the pandemic ends, that there is green energy more available than it's ever been before. And so what we will have, even if we return back to what we were doing, even if we start to pollute the waters again and the sky, even if we start to, to uh, go back to being stressed like we used to be, what we'll have, all of us, will have a memory of a moment that we all shared that it didn't have to be that way. And here's what, here's what I would like to ask for healers, for first responders, for everybody listening. We know what COVID has taken from us. What has it given to us? What, how is it healing us? How, and, and this is not to downplay those people that have gotten really sick and died. My heart goes out to them in such a big way, and my prayers are for them. But how about for the rest of us? What what has it given us? Has, can, can we realize that one small virus can affect the world so much? What could the virus of love do to affect the world? What would happen if we remove the pollution from our inner space, from our minds, from our, from our hearts. Who would we become when we were free of all the things we thought, all the, all the meannesses of the heart that we showed? Who would we be void of all that if all that was gone? Just like the Ganges has gone from one of the most polluted rivers in the world to 50% heal, uh, cleaned up within two weeks. People are bathing in the Ganges now and can't believe how clean the water is. People are seeing the Himalayas from 200 kilometers away when they couldn't see it for five, from five kilometers away before. It is amazing what is happening, but what, what's happening outside is also happening inside. And the question is, if we were to, if we were to get rid of all the noise and the pollution and, and the thoughts of we can't do something, what could we do? Because no one would have ever said six months ago, the world would be shut down today. We would say that would never happen. That could never happen. Right. Well, what is now possible now that we know that it can happen and it did happen? 
What's possible the other way? Let's uh, let's move on to another archetype. Well, and that's what and that's Great. the dangling participle right there. What if we went the other way? We're going to find out, Daniel. We will. And we we're going to move on to another topic now. But that is the hanging question. It really is, and uh, unfortunate. We all are that you're going to join us on a Saturday here at the end of the month so that we can go into this and more in the course of a full hour interview. And we certainly look forward to that. But Suzanne had another point she wanted to bring up. Well, yes. In in your book, The Mosaic, the the contents page lists all these various people that are interacted with over the course of the entire story, not all of them are so positive and some leave you thinking. And, uh, and so another archetype that we thought of that would kind of leave you thinking a little bit would be the archetype of the follower, the archetype of the person who is other directed rather than thinking things through for themselves, the person who assumes that uh, someone else is in authority and they just need to listen to that person. So the archetype of the follower and following one um, way of looking at the pandemic or a different way of looking at the pandemic, either this is extremely dire or this is no big deal, it's just like the flu. I mean, you know, looking at that archetype of somebody who um, it allows other people to think for them. How would how would you talk about that? So every every person that I encounter, everyone that I meet, you said it in the introduction, Suzanne, and you said it so beautifully. What a beautiful introduction you gave me. But what I realized, no matter who I was with, rich, poor, black, white, brown yellow, it didn't matter, no matter what religion they practiced, no matter what border they lived behind. Everybody wanted to be loved and accepted, listened to and heard, validated and acknowledged. And in our desire to be loved and accepted, so often those of us who stand out on our own, those of us who are outstanding, stand out, right? It's just a simple play of the word. If we're outstanding, it means somehow we stand out. And most, of pe- and most people don't really have the courage to stand out. And they really just want to go with the flow of, who, of the people. Because, and what's happened in, in today's world is so many people don't feel heard. So many people don't feel listened to. So many people don't feel... How, when was the last time someone went up to a janitor and ask them, how, how are they doing? What problem do they think the world has and how would they go about solving it? When was the last time someone went up to a gardener and said that or a street worker or a waitress or the simple common people in the world? Most of those people have been told their opinion doesn't matter. And so one of the things that I had planned before COVID-19 came, on May 1st, I had set a line in the sand where I said, I am going out and I am going to go from town to town, village to village, starting off in America for the first year and then traveling around the world if I can do it, because I've gotten older and my body doesn't, uh, it doesn't hold up in the same way that it used to. But I was going to test it for a year in America and see what would happen. And I was going to talk to the people that nobody talks to and listen to the people that nobody listens to. 
and I was going to ask them just what that what the homeless man asked me to ask him. How are you? And 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 listen to their answer. And then I was going to ask them what is it that they would see that needs to be solved now. What problem exists that they could solve that they would like to see solved, and how would they do it? And I was going to film it and create a documentary called The Voice of the Voiceless. That's the working title right now. So I think we need to have compassion, whether people are leaders or followers, because I believe everybody has a voice. And when we allow people the space to show up in the way they feel comfortable showing up, and we don't judge it, but we hold the space for them that if they want to show up more, they can come. And if they're comfortable where they are, that's just fine. But a certain number of those people will start to show up more because they don't feel threatened or challenged or not good enough. They feel accepted and loved. And in that space where they feel loved and accepted, they'll say what they feel. And in that space where they feel listened to and heard, they'll feel good about what they said. They won't expect you to, to agree with everything they say. You have your right to, to think whatever you think. But when you listen to and hear another person, that opens up the door for them to say more. So what Daniel, I would say to those of us who are followers is open up the space for them to come, to accept them where they are and open up the space for them to give their point of view as well. To give their point of view as well, words to live by. And I promised you, Daniel, when we had you on for this half hour and you were so kind to accommodate Dee Wallace, who became available, and I said, we've got to get this man on for an hour. Suzanne's all for it. So you'll be on our last show of the month. That's two weeks from tomorrow. Correct. And when we do, exactly what you're talking about there, Daniel, we want to expand on that. We'll have the full hour. And the idea is, why is it in human nature that we talk past each other, we talk over one another, and if this pandemic doesn't give us a chance to revisit it, what would? This is an opportunity for us to examine better ways to show up, to borrow your phrase, to show up, Daniel, in life and to participate with compassion, with empathy, and with mutual understanding to the best degree we can manage. I can't wait to have that conversation with you two weeks from tomorrow on Manson Mitchell. Before we end this hour, though, I want to make sure people know where they can find you online, where they can get your book. Maybe they want to get the book before the 30th of May and read it. The Mosaic. The Mosaic. So please let people know where they can find you online. You are so kind. You can go to my website. I have two websites, DanielBruceLevin.com or TheMosaicOnline.com. You can get my book from my website, or you can also get it, of course, from Amazon, which is the easiest place to get everything from. To be continued. Joy. And a wonderful book it is, The yes. Mosaic, Daniel Bruce Levin. Daniel, thank you so much. You're going to be coming up again it shortly. I can't wait to talk to you again. Oh, we're honored to have you with us. Thanks so much for making time available today. Stay tuned for the Christine Upchurch Show, followed by the Susan Harmon Experience, and then Trip Talk with host Gary Mance. Darby Pirates today. Find out why on Trip Talk. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe. <laughs>